Draft season's in full swing. Teams have decisions to make. What do the Jags do? Is QB an option for the Detroit Lions? And really, what's going to go on with this quarterback class? John Harris is here to set us straight, and we're going to get into this. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. And this show is brought to you and sponsored by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. As always, I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. I'm joined by my guy, Ryan Tracy from Rogue Analytics and John Harris. John, how you doing? Doing well, boys. Glad to be home from uh, Mobile. Come back to Houston. Got some beautiful weather, thankfully. So uh, it's nice to uh, have this. It's nice to live in Houston at this time of year because you look up and you see 72 on your thermometer right on your uh on your gauge and feel pretty good about living here. So yeah, good to be home guys. Today was, it was nice weather for us today, about 65 degrees. It, it's been really random. I live in Southeast Arkansas. So today is 65 tomorrow might be 25 degrees. <laughs> you just never know. All right. Yeah. But one thing that we are starting to learn, you know, about the, the number one overall pick and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know they are on the clock. I think the conversation now needs to be what the hell do they do with the number one pick? You know, you look at Trevor Lawrence and you want to help him any way possible. And last season, any game that you turned on, he was running for his life. You would think that offensive line would be maybe the direction that you had, but is there an offensive lineman worthy of number one or do they potentially lean towards maybe the best player in the draft, which most people think are one of the two edge rushers. John, we'll start with you and you kind of talk us through a little bit of your thought process on what you're thinking. Yeah. This is a tough one for Jacksonville because this is a situation that Tennessee fell into in 2015. And I watched that Tennessee team up close. It was not good. They draft Mariota in 15. They're not good. So it turns to 16, and they, they get the number one pick again. But now they've got their quarterback. But there were quarterbacks that teams wanted to trade up for in 2016, including the St. Louis, soon-to-be L.A. Rams, and the Titans had a trade partner to come on down, pick up a bounty of picks, and Derrick Henry ended up being one of those picks. Um, and they were able to parlay consecutive years into Marcus Mariota. Now, it didn't work out with Marcus Mariota, but the theory was he was going to be the guy. And then they got a boatload of picks by moving down so the Rams could go up and get Jared Goff at number one. Uh, who eventually I, – I don't know how this ties all into Jared Goff tonight, but we're going to talk about Detroit in a little <laughs> bit too, a quarterback. Yeah. But point being, Jacksonville, this is one of those years where Jacksonville is not helped out because there really is no trade partner that I see off the bat to say, hey, we're going to go up and get this guy. We're going up to get this quarterback. I mean, you're going up to number one. What are we doing? We're going up to get a quarterback. I mean, we're not going up there to get as, as good as I think they are, Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau or – Stingley or whomever you're going up there for quarterback there's no quarterback so that trade down option is out for Jacksonville so that leaves all right do we go completely and totally best player available which is 
probably Aiden Hutchinson in some cases. I like Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame as my number one guy because I'm former safety. I just and I was a big fan of Sean Taylor. Uh, I was coaching in Florida when he was playing high school ball in Florida. So I'm a huge Sean Taylor fan. I look at Hamilton. I see a lot of the same things. I don't think Jags are going to do that. I don't think you take safety at number one. So that then leads to, do you take offensive linemen at number one for the first time since 2013? And if there is a year in which you would do that, this is probably the year. Because I think you can make a case for Evan Neal. I think you can make a case for Iki Aquanu that either one of them step in at left tackle. Cam Robinson's an unrestricted free agent. It isn't sexy. And I know Jackson will be like, well, you know. But if it helps Trevor Lawrence get better because you've got better play at the left tackle spot, then I think it is the best thing that they could possibly do. I'm with you. If there was a Jamar Chase in this draft, it would be under consideration because Jacksonville really has no playmakers. Seeing that team and watching that team up close, like – Urban Meyer forgot James Robinson existed, which I don't know how you do that, but he did. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so you'll have him back and hopefully, well, for their sake, Doug Peterson understands how to use a guy uh, like James Robinson, but they have no playmakers. They got to get playmakers, but I think you can get a few receiver types down the way, but I don't yeah. think you'll be able to get as a player of the caliber, Evan Neal, Iki Aquano. And the more I think about it and talk about it, the more I feel like, yeah, I think offensive tackle is in play and it's one of those two guys. W's are sexy. That's what it comes down to. And the only way you're going to get there is to help that quarterback out. And from the moment you saw Doug Peterson, it was sealed, in my opinion. There's no way they're going anywhere else but the offensive side of the ball because he doesn't have time. He does not have time to allow a year to get wasted of Trevor Lawrence. He has to go there. I mean, I don't don't think there's any choice here. If you want to get the most out of what he can do, rollouts, et cetera, the run game. I, I think Icky Aquino's got to be the guy that they're looking at, number one, first and foremost. Anything after that is just gravy. Now I was going to ask you, too, you know, who do you, out of the two guys, would you lean towards? And, Ryan, we got your answer, but, John, you know, is there – do you have a preference between these two tackles? I know Evan Neal, a lot of people are going to really like him. He has the jumbo size, yep. he, you know, and he moves well for his size. But sometimes it's like, man, is he too big? But – uh, is there one of the two tackles that you lean more towards? I have right now Evan Neal at three and Aquano at four. So okay. they are like – there are minuscule differences between them. I, the thing about Evan Neal, like I don't mind a guy that's 300 and, and – I, I think he needs to be about 345. I think at one point he measured 360. I think in this year he's like 345, 350. But as long as he maintains his athleticism. I mean, when you see a guy box jump and do splits – you're like, yo, wow. Um, yeah. I think the thing with Iquanu, it's interesting. I talked to uh, I talked to somebody high up in our in our front office, and we got to talking about Iquanu. And he looked, it was so funny because he looked at me, he gave me that look like, man, this dude, this is a dude. But then he said something interesting. He goes, and this was before the season now. He goes, Yeah, he's a guard though. And I thought, wow. hmm, okay. But then when you watch him in 2021. Ryan, I'm with you. I think he's a tackle. I think he's absolutely a tackle. I think the difference in his game from year, not year two, 2020 to 2021, I can see where you watched him in 2020 and thought, "Mm, I don't know if the feet are all the way there to play guard or to play tackle. He's got to be a guard. But then you watch him in 2021, you're like, boy, his feet are improved. His technique is improved. I came out of there watching him in 2021 thinking he's a tackle. There's no question in my mind. He's a tackle. And, man, how many times do we go into this draft thing and we go, oh, that guy played tackle, but they're going to move him to guard. 
And then the Colts draft Braden Smith and they put him at tackle where he originally played. He ends up being a star. So yeah. I think sometimes. Or Tristan Wirfs. Tristan yeah. Wirfs was a guy yes. that was talking about moving to guard and yes. he's been at tackle and he's been terrific. I think both of them play. I think both of them end up playing left tackle. Um, and so I, I would leave both of them at tackle and I, it's a 51 49 to me, but I think Neil's size and what the Jags probably need to do a little bit better, obviously on that left side, but also to be able to run the ball as well. Um, and I think Neil's got the just slightly ahead of Quanu, slightly, but if you go, they're going to go Quanu. Yeah. I mean, either way, I mean, it's like Snickers or M&Ms. I mean, either way I'm good. John, and, and, and I'm going to ask you since, you know, obviously, you know, you cover the Houston Texans and you do your thing for footballtakeover.com. Uh, Pep Hamilton, yeah. Did the did the Jacksonville Jaguars miss out on the opportunity to maybe upgrade at the position of someone who could really help Trevor Lawrence? We've seen what Pep Hamilton has done for quarterbacks. I mean, you know what he did with Andrew Luck. He was a coordinator yeah. and passing passing uh, uh, QB coach at Stanford for the last two years with Andrew Luck, and yep. then you know the 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 Indianapolis Colts were like, you know what, let's bring him with Andrew Luck as we take him number one overall. He was his office coordinator and QB coach for the first four years of Andrew Luck's career. So that's six straight years. He did a terrific job, whatever he did with Justin Herbert, getting him caught up to speed. And then we saw even what he's done in a short time with Davis Mills and just looking, making yep. Davis Mills look like a competent quarterback, someone who only played like 13 games in college. And I saw him interview for the office coordinating position in Jacksonville. We're talking about kind of protecting Trevor Lawrence right now. So how big of a miss was that for them to let him get out of the building and head back to Houston? Huge, huge. I love it. Uh, I, I talked to Pep today for just a, a brief second uh, because Lovey Smith was announced. And at that same press conference, Pep was also announced as the offensive coordinator. He had been the quarterback's coach last year. And I mean, we're all pumped in Houston that he's staying here. And I, I saw – and that was, that was a big fear here in Houston about – locally about whether Pep would – not so much Jacksonville, but just leave. And he had a couple other opportunities. I think one of them he ended up turning down. Maybe it's the Panthers. And he's from Carolina. So I don't know at what point the Texans maybe said, hey, we know you have to go out and look. That's part of the, the thing. But before you do anything, think about back home here. Yeah, I think Jacksonville missed out. I think I watched Pep all year last year deal with Davis Mills, a rookie in the third round, like you said. I think he had 12. 11 or 12 games, he was fantastic with him. Just really understood how to how to get the most out of Davis, a guy that hadn't started a lot. And I said after he was drafted, I said, look, if Davis went back to Stanford and played a full year, I think he would be in the first round yeah. with the quarterbacks that are there. I think he would be there. But the fact that he had Pep Hamilton on his side this year was absolutely massive. And I think Trevor Lawrence would have no doubt benefited from Pep. So when I saw that tweet, that Pep was going to interview in Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, I was just distraught. And then later that night, Lovey was announced as head coach. And then, hey, Pep's going to be the OC. And I think we all felt here like, okay, that's what we needed to have. At least a little bit of continuity with Pep and Davis moving forward. Yeah. And now we just got to bring a little bit more elite talent to go with that group, that duo, and get this thing turned around. But Jacksonville absolutely missed out with not having Pep. Look, I, Doug Peterson's a fantastic coach. And I'm sure he'll bring in some other guys. It's no knock really on them. It's more about the, the way that people around the league, not just me, feel about what Pep Hamilton does for young quarterbacks. 
Uh, I was trying to work my magic and campaign for him to be the next quarterback coach, officer coordinator for the 49ers after losing Mike McDaniel, yeah, but it, it, <laughs> it didn't you. happen. I saw yeah. you and I was mad at you about that. I'm like, yeah. no, Eric, you keep your hands off Pep Hamilton. You need him in Houston. <laughs> he would have done wonders for Trey Lance, but uh, yeah. 49ers weren't able to do that. But what you are able to do is head over right now to Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered for this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march on to the Super Bowl, which will happen this Sunday. Our betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of this new amazing offer available for the 2020 season. It's BetOnline, where the games start. All right, y'all, let's keep it going here. You know, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence and kind of building around him, but I think I think this quarterback class, a lot of people just don't know what to expect. And we see it all the time where guys at the quarterback position kind of get overdrafted a little bit. You saw five guys going to top 15 in the last class. I don't expect to see that happen again this year. But, Ryan, we'll start with you. How many quarterbacks do you think go in the first round? First round, I have two guys that are possibilities, and that's it. I think anything else is a stretch. And if you have a fit, that's great. Make it work. But when we're talking about serious fit in terms of what they stack up to against last year and the year before, and what is a first-round quarterback, I only see two guys that are even close. And I'm not even convinced on either of them, to tell you the truth. So there's a long way to go for a lot of these guys. The question becomes need, and the question becomes value, and we're going to see them climb. Should they? No. Will they? Yes. I think there's probably going to end up three to four, depending on what the last couple of playoff teams really feel that they can get out and really see, uh, like our discussion the last couple of days and while we were mobile, like is it upside or is it consistency? Like what are you valuing there? So I think it could stretch that far. But if it was me and I was advising all these teams, there's only two guys that I think really can pull it off, step in and be a first-round caliber player. John, am am I out of line here? No, not at all. I I was going through my Harris 100 today, getting ready for version three, and I've got I have I have three guys from 23 to 32, uh, and that's Pickett, Corral, and and Willis. And we we talked about Willis, and it was interesting today to read. I think it was in the Athletic talking about his RPMs, and I had made a comment about I've seen all his quarterbacks throw. That guy had the I mean he spun it better than anybody just from that perspective. And it came out and they actually had the numbers to, to go behind my crazy crackpot theory that day. But I, it, there's so many things that go into, you know, the first round quarterback conversation. First of all, you had five teams that took first round quarterbacks last year. So those five teams presumably are out of the mix. Then you've got what happens with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and then of course our situation down here uh, with Deshaun Watson. Are those three guys available? Now, if Deshaun gets his legal stuff cleared up, I'm pretty 99.9% sure he's moving on somewhere. I just don't know about Russell and then about Aaron Rodgers. So if those two end up going back, now you're squeezed even more. I think, man, I talked to a buddy of mine from Washington, from the commanders. I got to train myself to say that. I think Washington is one of those teams where you look at and go, Okay, the talent isn't perfect, but defensive front's got some dudes. 
Terry McLaurin, that receiver, if Curtis Samuel stays healthy, like Antonio Gibson. You know, I don't want to say they're a quarterback away, but if they can't make a deal for one of these quarterbacks, they've got to have one because you can't go into a year with Taylor Heineke. So I think one goes there, and, and immediately he goes, Malik Willis? And my first thought was, that's early. Yeah. But then I thought, man, like you said, Ryan, quarterbacks are getting over – they get overdrafted in this thing. It happens. Jake Locker went at 10. Blaine Gabbert went at, I don't know, 12. They're going to get overdrafted. So I do think that three end up in the first round, and there could be a curveball. I don't know which guy that is. I don't think it's Sam Howell. Maybe it's Carson Strong. But there could be a there could be a curveball in there. But I think three get in the first round. I think Washington's a team that will definitely take a look uh, at a quarterback. New Orleans has to do something at quarterback. Ian Booking could cut it. I don't think they're going to draft Jameis Winston. So Dennis Allen and his crew, they've got to find a quarterback uh, in New Orleans if they don't make a move for a Rodgers or a Wilson, et cetera. And I think there will be one other team that dives in on quarterback. And maybe it ends up being the Cardinals because Kyler Murray's all upset and using social media to make a <laughs> passive-aggressive statement about what he likes in Arizona. So, again, like last year with us, nobody saw Deshaun Watson being unhappy. Well, I don't know if anybody saw Kyler Murray being unhappy. So there's going to be a wild card in this thing. But I think three end up getting in the first round. I wouldn't do it, but I can understand a team that feels it has to, like those teams we mentioned. You know, I, I think the quarterbacks right now, it kind of reminds me of this situation I'm going through right now. I've been going car shopping and the, the prices of cars are like inflated to the max. And you have this number heading into, you know, the negotiations or whatever that, you know, you're comfortable paying. And then they put the numbers in front of you and you're like, gosh, that's way more than I was expecting. But I can make it work. Right. And that might be yeah. what people do with the yeah. quarterbacks, this class where, you know, most people are saying it's a bad class. And that's not to say that none of these guys will work out, but I would say if you put these same quarterbacks with the class last season, I, I mean, do any go before any of the first five that were taken last year? I think most people would tell you, no, matter of fact, I'll go as far as say 49ers have Trey Lance right now. Where would Trey Lance go? In this class, he might be the first guy off the board, no matter what, probably number one. That might be the quarterback that guys, you know, uh, trade up for that we're yep. talking about with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's it's a tough scenario. I, I do, when I look at it, though, and I look at maybe a team that might be interested, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, they're kind of in that yeah. sweet spot. Because at 20, you can still draft a guy first round without feeling like you put a whole lot of resources into the position and feel like, hey, maybe in a year or two, if it doesn't work out, we could just easily kind of move off of it. You know, when you're drafting the guy top three, top five, you want to do everything to make that guy work. Top 20, we even saw uh, was it Washington football team after they drafted Haskins at like 15 yeah. or 16. They moved off of him, no issues, and nobody has said anything about it. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20, they're in that prime spot to kind of see, hey, who falls to me is a Malik league Willis. It sounds like they've kind of been yeah. uh, attached to his name a little bit. Maybe a Matt Corral. Will he fall? I, I think I'm like you guys. I think there are about two guys I would potentially take in the first round in general. And those two guys are probably right now Malik Willis and Matt Corral. And I think Matt Corral helped himself because he wasn't at the senior bowl and he didn't have an opportunity to look bad. So I think that's definitely something that we're all going to keep an eye on. Uh, as this process plays out. But another thing we're going to keep an eye on is Bill Bar. All right. And, you know, this is the time of the year where everyone is pretty much giving up on their New Year's resolutions. But 
Not this year. We're not going to do it this year. We're going to stick to our news resolutions and eat right. And I'm going to give a big thanks to Billboard because it's going to help you do that. All right. Now, have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on a built bar that is the best tasting bar. I had those down in Mobile. I couldn't stop eating them. Shout out to our guy, Ross. <laughs> Ross had them all laid out. I was snacking on them maybe a little bit too much. All right. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. They got the yummy cinnamon, uh, churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all really, really good. And all the built bars are covered with 100, uh, 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs are included with that. 100% real chocolate. They are low in calorie, but high in the right thing, and that's protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar, I mean, they can go anywhere to two to 300 calories. Go to built.com right now and scroll down to the, uh, the macros chart. You'll be blown away with the high protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carbs that these have. All right, most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. It doesn't even match up. All right, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and they have all kinds of new flavors, including white chocolate cookies and cream this month. They are all delicious, and they're always coming out with new flavors. So, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go to built.com, use promo code lock15 and get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code lock15 at built.com. And we also want to talk to you a little bit about an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. And it's called GetUpside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time that they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app right now in your app store or Google Play Store and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill-up. Get the cash back. That's the best thing about this. You're going to be earning cash back. And crazy thing about it, guys, there is no catch. You know, some people that are driving a lot, they're making two, $300 a year cash back. Again, no catch. Just get that money back. And cool thing about it, it goes straight into your account, your bank account, your uh, PayPal, your e-gift card, your Amazon, whatever brand it is that you use. But to get this amazing offer, you're going to have to go right now to your uh, Google Play Store, your App Store, and download the free, the free GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, guys. We've talked a lot about quarterbacks, and we're going to kind of continue that. And we want to know, with Detroit picking at number two, and also Detroit, and this kind of, you know, people forget about this aspect of it. They also pick number 32 as well. They got that pick from the, or it's going to be 31 or 32. But they, they got that pick from the L.A. Rams. So it's two. We're going to start there. It's two, a little too high to take a quarterback if you are the Detroit Lions. We've already talked about how maybe people might potentially talk themselves into saying, hey, there is a quarterback here that I would take at that spot. John, we'll start with you. Do you think that the Detroit Lions can talk themselves into maybe reaching for one of these guys as a process kind of plays along? I do. It, the reason I, I brought this up, we were trying to talk about this off the air. I was on, uh, I was on Sirius XM with a buddy of mine, and he asked me the question point blank. Do you think two is too high for Detroit to draft Malik Willis? And I have, I mean, I'm like you guys. You could ask the question, you're like, bang, I got this. 
And it took me, wait, what did he just ask me? Did he just ask me <laughs> if they would draft Malik Willis at two? I was like, is he? Well, it isn't the craziest <laughs> thing I've heard. I guess. I mean, I can see, you know, you look at Detroit and you think, well, they should have won four or five games. They shouldn't be in a number two spot. But they get beat by a 66-yard field goal, then a 55-yard field goal. They tie the Steelers. I should have been a five, maybe even six-win team. They shouldn't be there. But, you know, Goff, being an experienced guy, went out there and did some, did some things for them. I, I don't think – I think two is too high for any one of these quarterbacks. I do. But I think being enticed by a player like Malik Willis that you know is going to get people excited, that you know, wow – Lions fans are going to be like, boy, we'd love it when he gets out of the pocket, which you're not going to get with Jared Goff. I can see the Lions being no doubt intrigued. Now, that 32nd pick, I could see them maybe moving up if somehow Malik gets beyond the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know that a Kenny Pickett or a Carson Strong or even a Matt Corral get me excited to supplant Jared Goff. Because in my grand plan, if I'm Brad Holmes, the GM, I'm sitting there thinking, look, okay, if I've got a shot of Malik Willis maybe later in the draft, that's when I do it. Because I'll take, I'll take a shot that Jared Goff gets me to 2-15 and 15 next year, and because he gets me to 2-15 and 15 next year, I can go get Bryce Young after that, or I can get one of the quarterbacks in 2023, C.J. Stroud, et cetera. I'll live with Jared Goff because he'll get me to 2-15 and 15 eventually. That'll happen. But if I got a shot at Malik Willis a little later in the first round, maybe I move some things to get up to go get him because that gives me the jump start this year with a highly, highly talented guy. But a lot of risk. But I'll live with it because he's exciting as heck and maybe he gets me in the right direction. And like you said, Eric, a little earlier, if you take that quarterback in the 20s and it doesn't pan out and you know it in that year one, you turn right around and you got a great class coming in 2023 and you go find the right guy then. Ryan, I want to ask you, do you think that there's any way possible? And, you know, he talked about, John talked about Malik Willis potentially being that, you know, number two overall guy because he, you know, he has, has that upside. But, you know, Matt Corral, he's another guy again, wasn't able to look bad at the senior bowl. So I think he kind of elevated his stock just by default. Do you think there's anything that he can do throughout this process where people start to look and say, you know what? This is a guy that's dynamic. They start diving back into his film. They see the playmaking ability. They see the game where he ran for over 100-something yards with his legs, so he can make plays with his legs as well. Do you think he can kind of maybe creep into that conversation and maybe a team like the Lions talk themselves into taking him at number two overall? A, I definitely think that Corral can move up, and I'll tell you, it's all going to come down to his pro day. I don't think he's going to get much of an opportunity to really show anything at the combine if he throws. We'll, we'll see. But – I think he does have that opportunity. He has to show for me, like you said, you've seen it on film, he can run. I don't think there's a question about that. It's can he stand in the pocket and deliver the ball accurately to where you want to see it with pro throws? That's the big question with him. But it doesn't matter to me because if I'm Brad Holmes, I'm shouting from every rooftop to anyone who will listen that I love Willis and I love Corral and I'm going to take one of them at two. And if you want him, you better come get him. And I'm I'm selling out for this. I don't care if I only get to move back. Maybe it's the the Falcons at eight, right? Maybe that's a trade that Terry Vonda wants to go up. And he's like, I'm already in the top 10. I might as well give it up and get all the way there, right? If I can move down in any way, shape, or form and pick up an extra pick, that's what I'm doing in Detroit. 
I don't think they're I absolutely that's the that is the right approach if you're Detroit too is to try and trade down. And you're right, Ryan. Sell, 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 corral. I mean, the number of articles that'll be coming from uh, you know, Detroit newspapers <laughs> like, hey, Matt Corral's a great quarterback. Look at him and look what he can do. I <laughs> I just think I just think two two is too high for that, but that's gotta be a selling point to try and get somebody to to bite. I mean, Matt Corral throws slant routes, inside routes as well as anybody. But to your point, Ryan, to make the full gamut. I mean, those routes, those 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 throws that come off the RPOs and the things that they were doing at Ole Miss, uh, they're not going to come off as readily uh, for Matt Corral in the NFL. But I'm very curious to see what he does at his pro day and how he doesn't look. He's throw, you know, uh, pro days are you know, like he's throwing shorts and t-shirt depending on the weather in Oxford or wherever he's going to throw. And he's talented. I mean, it's interesting that Corral and Willis, when they went, you know, toe to toe, obviously it went Corral's way. But you see a lot of the same things. The way those two guys can run out of the pocket, make some things happen. Which one of those guys do you trust? Uh, I just don't know that you trust any of them enough to go at number two and go ahead and take them, no matter how much you like Malik Willis or no matter how much you like Matt Corral. I don't know where that that level is of you know, pick eight, pick nine, pick 10. Atlanta's an interesting one because of Matt Ryan's contract. I don't know if they're going to be able to move Matt Ryan, but if you get a quarterback like Willis or you get a quarterback like Corral, give him a year to sit behind uh, behind Matt Ryan, let Arthur Smith work his magic a little bit. And then when Ryan's contract does let up a little bit, presumably in 2023, you insert the rookie and away you go. Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes style. Yeah. And that's going to be the ideal scenario for all these guys. And this won't be the last conversation about the quarterbacks that we have. I'm sure of it. We're going to continue to talk about not just the quarterbacks, but all things pertaining to the NFL draft right here. And we want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. If you want to follow us for more of our draft content and all that good stuff, you know, follow myself at Eric underscore Crocker. You can see everything I'm doing on there on Twitter. Also follow Ryan Tracy at Ryan Tracy NFL with Rogue Analytics. And also Jay Harris, John Harris, Jay Harris football at footballtakeover.com. But that's going to do it for this episode. We will see y'all tomorrow when we have Rob Rang join us. Until then, we are out. Peace.